0: It's time to play like a Jet. With your host, Scott Mason. Play like a Jet. What does that mean? Here's Donald. carry it out. Deep ball. Separation. Caught. Robbie Anderson. Goodbye. Touchdown,
1: Jets. The whole
0: NFL is watching. Of course, and ten. And here they come. Make pass It's intercepted by Mosley. Moving on. Down to the top. Bell breaks the tackle. Bell trying to go. Return for Crowder. And he's gonna go all the way. Touchdown, 85 yards. Looking downfield, fires this one and intercepted at the 34. Jamal Adams goes down on the ground and takes it away. he
1: hit immediately he got the handoff. You know what? <laughs> the QA. Oh my gosh! Listen, thank you.
2: Welcome to Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at play like a jet one. And I am joined to recap the festivities over at Florham Park, day number 12 of New York Jets training camp by the owner, the operator, the lead reporter, the whole shebang over at JetsInsider.com. And, of course, above all that, a very big deal, Mr. Chris Nimbly. Chris, what's going on, man?
1: Hey, not too much. Uh, excited to get a little bit of a break here, especially for me. I, I will have a, a week away from covering this team, so uh, I'm excited about that.
2: A week away out on the West Coast, I'm sure that you can feel the ocean breeze and see the beach right now.
1: Yeah, well, not, not quite ocean. Tahoe, Tahoe's got a lake. so it's oh. a, I'm Northern California, uh, right on the border of Nevada, so no ocean, but Tahoe is one of my favorite places in the world. Uh, it's my favorite place I've ever been, so I am in a California state of mind right now.
2: You're all chill right now, man, which is a weird thing to be when you're a training camp watching these guys hit each other, not full contact or anything, but still it's violent enough and it causes injuries from time to time. Unfortunately, a couple of them occurred today. We also had Leonard Williams, who was out yesterday, out again today, but Steve McClendon came back. So that's good news. Where do we sit with the injury situation pertaining to the New York Jets right now?
1: Yeah, well, Leonard Williams was out again today, like you said, uh, with that hip, hip irritation. Uh, it's it's one of these things that he, if there was a game today, he would have played. Uh, he'd he'd be fine, but they're just taking it easy. No need to rush him out there. Uh, and Quincy Nunwa got hurt today. Uh, tweaked his groin after making a catch. Uh, I know Jets Twitter. Is all up in arms about that. But he was on the sidelines with his helmet in his hand, ready. He wanted to go back in. They just decided to hold him out for the rest of practice. Uh, I don't see that being a big deal either. The, the big concern is still Marcus May. Marcus May is out with a shoulder injury, still healing. And Gase gave us a little bit of an update there by saying it's a nerve issue. And because it's a nerve issue, that's why they have no idea when he'll be back. And they're just leaning on the doctors. And basically, Gay said it's just one day the doctors should say he's ready. And that's when they'll know he's ready. There's, there's, you know, the nerve issue. There's no like, Oh, day to day. There's one, two to four weeks that they there. There's no way to really know, engage that. But obviously that's, that's uh, alarming. It's a uh, concerning because they're going to need Marcus May. Uh, they're going to need him to come play and stay healthy. Uh, otherwise, it will be Rontez Miles. We talked about that yesterday, being that uh, that starting free safety there.
2: Rontez Miles will probably start in place of Marcus May if Marcus May isn't ready to go. But Doug Middleton is not going to go down without a fight. He had a pretty impressive showing today in camp.
1: Yeah, he had a really nice interception today. He made a couple of other plays. Uh, again, he was working with the second and third teams, but he made a really nice interception. It was a really bad pass from Luke Falk, but it was a nice uh, interception, nice play and read, and everything from Doug Middleton. So that was good to see. Again, I every single year I, I fall for the Doug Middleton thing. He plays great in training camp, has a couple of nice plays In the preseason and then he ends up getting hurt so I'm I'm gonna withhold my I'm not trying to jinx him I'm gonna withhold it here with him but he had a really nice day today
0: while sports can bring us so much joy it can also bring us a lot of unwanted stress and that stress can make it difficult to concentrate relax and get decent sleep Sunday scaries was launched in 2017 by two best friends and business partners Bo Schmidt and Mike sill they operated a full-service bar with 50 employees and were always exhausted
2: Let's talk about Darnold because he lost one of his big targets in Quincy Inunua. Yesterday, we talked all about how he has forged this connection with Ty Montgomery. How did the second-year quarterback look today?
1: Yeah, it was uh, another solid day for him. Uh, it It was a little bit better than yesterday, but again, with the standard that he had set earlier in camp, he wasn't nearly as sharp and electric as he has been. But he still made a bunch of good throws, a bunch of good reads, no interceptions, no big mistakes from him today. So that was good to see. But uh, it wasn't quite the uh, great performance that he has been turning in for the most part this uh, training camp.
2: Darnold certainly not looking over his shoulder. As far as the starting job goes, that's locked in. I would say that Trevor Simeon, barring something unforeseen, is probably locked in as the backup. But the number three job is where there's some intrigue. It's looked like Luke Falk was pulling ahead. But today, Davis Webb might have gained a little bit of ground.
1: Yeah, the the number three spot intrigue, uh, I mean... I still think they're only going to end up keeping two on the active roster. So one of them will end up being a practice squad guy. Uh, that will probably end up being Luke Falk. But today, Davis Webb definitely had a better day than Luke Falk. He, he didn't look bad today. He made a couple nice throws, but it was more Luke Falk not looking good than Davis Webb, but I've said it before. I'll say it again. It doesn't matter. Trevor Simeon, Davis Webb, Luke Falk, it doesn't matter. If any of those three guys are playing a significant amount of time, this team is doomed.
2: I've always looked at both of those guys as nothing more than developmental prospects. So I wouldn't mind if one of them stepped up, played well enough to stick around Even if it's just on the practice squad, I kind of like the idea of Adam Gase having a pet project there at quarterback that maybe they could develop into a long-term backup. So we'll see how that goes. However, three guys at wide receiver who are probably all going to be on the roster got an opportunity today with the second team because everybody got shuffled around a little bit. We saw some more of camp favorite Tim White. Deontay Burnett, who is everybody's darling at the end of last season and has that connection with Sam Darnold, and a little bit of Josh Bellamy, although unfortunately Josh Bellamy ended up getting himself hurt.
1: Yeah, it was uh, you know interesting to see the three of them out there. They've been, all been getting a lot of reps. Uh, Bellamy got a couple uh, first-team reps in there when Quincy went out. Uh, nothing too major, though, and again, obviously, that's just because Quincy went out and they just threw him in there um and a Quincy's injury did come at the end of practice too so it's not like it was at the beginning and they had uh, numerous uh first team reps but Tim White it continues to uh, turn in a good performance and impress out there same with Deontay Burnett those two have been really good pleasant surprises for this team they're gonna be able to contribute uh from what they've shown they should be able to contribute a lot but Again, I'll say this: uh, I've seen an, a number of wide receivers come in and have great training camps, only to not do anything during the regular season. So I, I don't want to get too carried away with them, but they've definitely, uh, you know, been a p- pleasant surprise here. And Josh Bellamy is somebody who who came in here for special teams. He's a gunner. That's that's his main role. He'll he'll be depth at the position, but he's he's definitely comfortably behind uh Deontay Burnett and Tim White if they have to go out and actually run routes out there
2: seems like he's going to be one of the key players on special teams though right
1: yeah absolutely that's what they signed him for he's he's a gunner uh, out there on coverage and he he's had a built himself carved himself out a nice little niche there a nice little career doing that and uh you know, it, it it's it's not it's the highest paying gig in the job and the league, but it's not a bad job if you can get it. So he's he's one of the better ones at it, and he will be a huge help for this special teams unit. Who we know that special teams isn't something that gets a lot of attention, but it is very important. And to be able to have someone who can play the gunner position like him, who can go down there and uh, make plays on special team, will be huge for this team
2: certainly not going to earn him 17 million dollars a year like CJ Mosley but CJ Mosley gets paid the 17 million dollars a year for a reason it's because he's an outstanding player he showed why again today
1: yeah it, this is another guy like you know we don't talk about it. I don't talk about him every day but I could um and there's uh you know if I want if wanted to I could find a couple a handful of players every day that just rave about CJ Mosley But it's also kind of like everyone kind of knows what C.J. Mosley is here. Um, But sometimes he's had a couple of these practices so far where he's just everywhere and he's making plays all over the place and you can see his dominance, and that's when I talk about him. He's set such a high standard, um, and I've gotten other questions about, you know, you haven't talked about this guy, you haven't talked about this guy. Well, yeah, you know what that – these guys are so there's no need to really say hey he looked good today you you expect it you only really talk about it when they look really great or really bad there's been no really bad from uh cj mosley he's you know he's gotten beaten coverage a couple times here and there throughout the 11 practices that uh we've had but that's to be expected every once in a while there's nobody in the uh, league especially linebackers not getting beat every once in a while but he had another really good day where just any any given play you pick and I'm looking, I could be looking somewhere completely different, but I noticed C.J. Mosley out there doing something that will greatly benefit this defense because he's just that type of player.
2: He's not somebody that's very often going to cause Greg Williams to be upset, but other people did today because there was a point in practice where Greg Williams was not happy. What caused this, Chris?
1: Yeah, uh, <laughs> You know, it doesn't take a lot for Greg Williams to lose his cool and to start screaming and yelling and ranting and raving on the sidelines. And it is funny because I remember at the start of training camp, I was commenting how I was surprised by how quiet he's been. Well, that was that just lasted a day or two. He has, he, I don't think he's stopped yelling since. So it doesn't take a lot to get that out of him. But uh, it was a, a t- Davis Webb touchdown to Greg Dortch. Um, that, that got him going today. He They got that touchdown, and Greg Williams just absolutely lost it on the sidelines. He was not happy. He was screaming and yelling at everybody. Uh, it was a little bit uncomfortable. Everybody else was like, oh, boy, what, what, this isn't good. But, you know, it was a Davis Webb touchdown to Greg Dortch. Not, not the worst thing in the world for this to happen because – you know, obviously that was going up against uh third team defense. Most most of those players aren't going to make this team, but it like I said, it does not take a lot to get Greg Williams uh screaming like that.
0: Play like a Jet.
3: Play like a Jet. With your host, Scott Mason.
2: Chris, there's a gentleman on the Jets by the name of Trenton Cannon. We've talked about him. He's quite fast. However, I don't know if he has a role on this team because if he's not going to be returning kicks and punts and he's not going to crack the running back rotation, seems to me that his best hope might be to stick on the practice squad if somebody doesn't claim him. Today, he did not do much to help his cause
1: yeah he had a fumble today uh it was kind of it was kind of one of those freak fumbles though where that like you can't really blame too much on him I forget who the defender was but he put his hat right on the helmet and knocked it out and you know most most running backs are going to lose it in that situation now I'm not saying that as uh defense of him making the roster because the only way I see Trenton cannon making the active roster is if he uh, is a kick returner and then a fourth running back. Um, but, yeah, you could see him getting stashed on the practice squad in case uh, there's an injury to one of the top three guys, especially, um, you know, Le'Veon with the year off coming back and with Balaup's injury history. Uh, so you could see something like that happening. Um, you know, he's one of those players, though, that he has a lot of talent and a lot of ability but there's just, it seems to just be off, just off a little bit from fully clicking. And I don't know if that's going to happen. And I, yeah, I wouldn't expect it to. Um, you know. Again, maybe if he goes and he has a, a really nice preseason with the kick returns and he doesn't have any fumbles and no mistakes there, I could see him making the roster there. But I'd still be surprised. Right now it seems the 1-2-3 at running back barring injuries – That they're pretty safe. They're obviously safe, and I don't see a need for a fourth to stick around there.
3: Hey guys, Greg Peterson here with the Baseball Betting Podcast. As we know, the MLB season is back in our lives. It's going to be a 60 game sprint
2: Rookie talk time, Mr. Nimbly. I believe we have some business to discuss involving a certain Quinnen Williams, a certain Blake Cashman, perhaps a little something involving a gentleman named Ja'Kai Polite. Talk to me about these 2019 rookies.
1: Well, I'll I'll have a lot more on Quinnen uh, once we get to uh, the players talking because a bunch of players talked about Quinnen today. But he got a, a lot more first team reps today. Again, McClendon was back from his personal day, so um, yesterday he took a lot of reps for McClendon, but Leo was still out, and he was back getting a lot of first-team reps a day. Um, he managed to get a sack today, split in the garden center, um, and come away with the sack. It was real, real slick how he slipped through there, um, so that was that was good to see. He's he's doing more. You can see him being more and more disruptive. Same with Ja'Kai Polite today. He made a couple plays, nothing too major, but a lot more reps there. Uh, he was with the second team. They were doing nickel package stuff and he was in there for the entire set of plays. So they're not just bringing him in in pass rushing situations. Now they're having him do a little bit more. And again, he, he looks pretty good out there. Uh, Blake Cashman had another, uh, another really good day. Had a, uh, excellent coverage on Elijah McGuire on a wheel route and just stuck with him right in his hip side by side with him, Didn't miss a beat and stride. Uh, And then he had an absolutely huge crushing hit on Greg Dortch. Um, He, he actually uh, took out Valentine Holmes as well. A little bit of a a casualty of the play. He Dortch came across the middle of black blew him up and, I'm not even sure if he knocked Dorch into Holmes or if Holmes just caught a stray, but it was definitely two birds, with one stone, and that huge hit. Catchman took them both out. Play like a jet. Play like a jet.
0: With your host, Scott Mason.
2: Chris, let's take a trip into the press room. What did Coach Gase have to say?
1: Well, like I said, he ran through a bunch of the injury stuff. Um, he talked about, um, you know, Quinn and Williams, uh, getting those reps with Leonard Williams and also just about how the defense had really good days yesterday and a pretty good day today. And he talked about how that speaks to the depth they have on the defensive line, which is obviously a, a big thing, something that, uh, is important, uh, because, they didn't have Leonard, and they didn't have McClendon yesterday, and you wouldn't have noticed it. The defense was that good yesterday. They didn't have Leonard today, and you wouldn't really notice it. Uh, they were really good again. Uh, he talked a, a lot about you know just preparing for the game on with the Giants, but he wouldn't get into any details about who's going to play, how long they're going to play, um, you know, obviously you're going to get the rookies. They're going to get a lot of reps. I ex- fully expect Quinn and Williams to be out there a ton. But he uh, he kept saying how he hasn't talked to players yet. He hasn't discussed it yet. And uh, I, I think he's had some discussions here. He's just not going to tell us. But also I think he purposely shies away from telling the players just so he doesn't have to te- uh, tell us. He can uh, go ahead and say, you know, hey, we don't have – we haven't talked about it yet. In this way, the players don't really know, and they can't tell us either. Um, it talked about, you know, his connection to Pat Shermer. They both spent time at Michigan State, uh, and then uh, about the acquisition of Alex Lewis, and really just his the dynamic with Joe Douglas. Uh, talking about what a great communicator Joe Douglas is, how Joe Douglas will come down to see him, or how he spends so much time up in Joe Douglas's office, and Joe's just saying, "Hey, listen, this is what we're thinking," and he kind kind of walks him through the process. And you know, he didn't even he didn't even insinuate anything here, but this is just my own reading into it. This is this is what he wanted, and this is why Mike Mcagnin is out because he wasn't getting stuff like this with Mike McKagan Mike McKagan kind of operated on his own and wasn't so forthcoming with stuff. Joe Douglas is much more much opposite of that. So he definitely likes that and appreciates that as well.
2: Chris a couple of players spoke after practice today as well some of whom could potentially be on your fantasy team this season if you play fantasy sports in 2019 and if you're going to do that I recommend doing it with the people over at draft.com you know why because their grand prize for the best ball championship is 3.5 million dollars Yup, 3.5 million dollars it's crazy and you know what you don't even have to put in that much work You do the draft. It's an easy snake draft. You don't have to worry about trades or the waiver wire, any of that. Once you draft your guys, that's who you have. They filter in and out and they make sure that your best players play every week. So you set your lineup, and then that's it. You don't have to manage the team. You don't have to worry about trade proposals. You're good to go for the entire season. Sounds like fun, right? Well, you know what's even more fun? The opportunity to win $3.5 million, like I mentioned before. And you can be entered for free into that $3.5 million sweepstakes if you use our promo code play like just search draft in the app store or go to draft.com enter the promo code play like and you could have one of the players on your team that spoke in the locker room today namely Kelechi Osemele Steve McClendon Henry Anderson and Jamal Adams who made quite the entrance today Chris
1: Jamal is on his bike again and uh yeah I, Jamal is a character man <laughs> obviously I'm not breaking any news with that Everybody is fully aware, but he is an absolute character. He is uh, an interesting bird. He's uh, his own, you know, marches the beat of his own orchestra. He's his own person in his own world. Um, So, yeah, he's always having fun uh, whipping that bike around in front of us. We we, uh, talked about the video Rontez had of him coming into practice the other day. Um, it it's just hilarious seeing that. But he talked ab- about lots of other things as well. You know, he says the defense isn't close to where they want to be. They need to be in better shape. They need to fly to the ball quicker, be violent at the port- point of attack. Um, he talked about Le'Veon Bell, what he's seen from him so far. He said he's a real hard worker, dangerous receiver, great pass protector, of course, all things we've talked about. Um, C.J. Mosley, what a great playmaker, leader, and teammate he is. He retold the story about uh, – well, he was asked if he recruited C.J. Mosley at the, the Pro Bowl, and he was like, no, not at all, because I, I didn't think there was a chance that he would hit the open market. But he did retell the story of how at the Pro Bowl he was like, man, if I could play with a linebacker like you, a big linebacker like you, think about what it could do and how it could free me up. So that's obviously something to look forward to and see. Um, he said he's been really impressed with Sam. He's also uh, said Rontez has been phenomenal working with the ones, uh, and then with Quinn and Williams. He he call he says he calls Quinn and Big Baby. He calls him he calls him a big baby because he's a big boy, but he <laughs> looks like a baby. Uh, so that he's he looks like a big baby, which of course he does, and that's his name. But he he said that Quinnen's really feeling things out right now, but he has a, a killer mindset, and he loves Quinnen's confidence and absolutely believes in him. thinks he's going to be a hell of a player. Um. So yeah, he he had a lot. Uh, Jamal talked on a lot, touched on a lot of different subjects. He had a lot of lot to say today, but a lot of good things to say as well.
2: Chris, this just in, Alex Lewis officially on the Jets roster, past his physical, which means that unfortunately the Nick Truesdell era of New York Jets football is over. I would like to take a brief second to remember Nick Truesdell's time here with the New York Jets. Okay, there you go. That's about as long as he was actually here. So, as Johnny Ace would say, best of luck on your future endeavors, kid. And hopefully he catches on to a roster or a practice squad somewhere soon. Chris, before we run, I just wanted to bring this up. I know that you didn't know him, and I didn't know him that well, although he was on the podcast a couple of times. And he and I would trade... Pleasant messages, especially around the holidays, it would just be Merry Christmas or Happy New Year or Happy Easter or whatever it was. But Don Banks, the great football writer, passed away in his sleep. It was reported on Sunday. He had just moved out to Las Vegas to take a new job there. He'd been writing for Patriots.com and The Athletic. And it was kind of weird because even though he wrote for Patriots.com, he wasn't a Patriots writer, per se. He covered the league, but he covered it for the Patriots website. I don't think any other team does that, but it was kind of cool for the Patriots to do that and have somebody like Don Banks there. For younger listeners who don't remember what it was like before the internet and you could get all this stuff right at your fingertips, if you wanted to read anything about football outside of the local beat, so we had the Daily News, the Post, and all that, Really, all you had was those national magazines like Sports Illustrated, and so you had guys like Peter King and, of course, Don Banks, who's somebody I grew up reading, and when I got the opportunity to link up with him because my friend Kenny knows him, and I asked if he could get him to come on the podcast and talk a little Patriots with me, he was really gracious about it. He came on. He was happy to come on again a second time when we were doing the off-season shows. He was just such a nice guy to me, and again... I'm proud of what we built here. I think this podcast has developed really nicely, and I'm really grateful for all of the great guests that we've been able to have on. But for Don Banks, somebody I grew up reading and really admiring who had a big national platform to take time to be on the podcast with me multiple times. Was really awesome. And like I said, he was so nice all the time. We had pleasant conversations before and after. I was about to reach out to him to come back on the podcast, actually, when the news dropped. And it's crazy because it just shows you how weird life can be sometimes. Never in a million years did I think to myself that I'm not going to get the chance to talk to Don again. I just figured, all right, I'll DM him or I'll text him next week or the week after that. And unfortunately, it just didn't work out. So he leaves behind a wife and two children. I feel terribly for them. I'm so sorry for their loss. And he died way too soon, 56 years old. If you never got the opportunity to read Don's writing, then I can't recommend enough going and searching it out. He was one of the absolute best. If you did read Don's work over the years, then you know exactly what I'm talking about, how good he was. And so well-respected in the industry. Just the outpouring of emotion from people on Twitter and Facebook and all throughout the football and sports media landscape. And it was all so genuine. Chris, you talked about this with me before we started recording. You didn't know Don, but you know how this industry is. And usually, if something like this happens, people will say, Oh, so sorry for your loss. He was a great talent. But people would tell personal stories, and it was really heartfelt. And you could tell that this is somebody who had an impact on a lot of people's lives and careers. And you heard a lot of the same stuff about how great he was, how generous he was with his time, and how somebody like him, who was such a well known commodity and in such a high up position in his industry, never looked down on anybody that was coming up through the ranks. And never big timed anybody, and was always willing to take the time to talk to people, give advice to somebody that was younger and looking for it, Give time to somebody like me who wanted him to come on a local podcast, stuff like that. It's just so sad that he passed away, but I'm so glad that his legacy is going to live on, and that so many people remember him so warmly,
1: yeah, uh, like you said I don't know I didn't know him. Um, I, I, I'm sure he probably went out to practice a couple times that I was there, but I'm not, I'm, I am i am i do not know about that. Um, you know, I, I can be in my own world there. I'm a big introvert too. So, uh, but it was interesting. You, 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 know, somebody, something happens to somebody, somebody passes and you get a bunch of generic uh, tweets and people, you know, say stuff, but a lot of times you, it doesn't feel very genuine. This time, I just my entire, all, every football reporter I follow was just tweeting out something that you could tell was truly genuine. And uh, it, it's just one of those things that I'm sitting there going through the timeline reading it, and I was just like, wow. Like, I obviously knew who he was, but I was like, wow, okay, this is one of, this is one of the few rare special people. You can tell how uh, genuinely touched um, a lot of people were by him. And by just the way he's carried himself out there and people were really touched by him and you could see and feel their sense of shock and how upset they were. And it's just another reminder to, you know, give give people their flowers while you can you never know you never know what's going to happen and never know how long you know anybody has you always think that oh they got plenty of time to tell this person how i feel about them how much i like and respect them uh, to to give them those flowers but life ain't fair life life is uh, there's no script for everybody sometimes people can just be gone just like that so you you have to Give them their flowers while they're here.
2: I used to joke with Don that his writing was so good and I enjoyed it so much that I read it even though it was being published on Patriots.com. So anybody that knew me that would look at my web browser and see Patriots.com, they'd say, what are you doing? Patriots.com. And I'd have to say, Don Banks. Got to read Don Banks. I don't care if he writes for Patriots.com. So that was the joke that I used to have with Don and he would get a kick out of it. And he would even make a joke out of it when he appeared on the podcast and say, I know, I know the evil Patriots, but I write about the whole league. So it's not just Patriot centric. So I'm certainly going to miss interacting with Don and I'm going to miss his work. And like I said, I'm glad that he's going to be remembered warmly. Chris, I hope that you continue to carry on the legacy of not just Don, but all the other great writers from the football world over the years that have passed. I know that you will continue to carry the torch over at your website, JetsInsider.com, because much like Don, you're somebody that writes from the heart, but also make sure that you cover things accurately, you never let personal agendas or anything like that get in the way, and that's why people have come to trust you as one of the best on the beat, and that's why people read your three takeaways every single day, because they know they can trust it to be accurate and a true representation of what went down at practice, so... For those that would like to go ahead and do that now, I believe those three takeaways are up at JetsInsider.com, correct?
1: They will be up by the time that this this gets out there and airs. I had a a few last-minute errands to run to get ready for my trip to California. So it's a little late today, but it'll be up by the time this gets out there. And then, obviously, unfortunately, I will be missing two days of practice, but I will um, have some content ready to go and publish during those days and get out there and Alan uh, will will be covering some of uh, some of the responsibilities for me there. So it will still be updating the site and everything and still giving you some coverage uh, from those practices. But I will be back for the Tuesday practice uh, straight off the red eye and going straight to practice. So that should be interesting. But yeah, I'll have a bunch of more content uh, over the weekend and those couple days too.
2: Go ahead and follow Chris on Twitter, at CNimbly and at Jets Insider. Follow Allen, even more so now than ever, because he's going to be the one stepping into Chris's very big deal shoes at training camp and covering what's going on in practice. It's at Allen underscore S-C-H-E-C-H-T-E-R. Read Chris's very big deal work over at JetsInsider.com. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts, you know where to go. That's Turn on the Jets Digital and TurnOnTheJets.com.